Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer Sun and Moon with Pisces Rising, Mother of Water. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they, Virgo Sun, Aquarius Moon, Gemini Rising, Mother of Earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma, that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action. Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Hello! Welcome, welcome! (laughs) Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. I think this is episode 30. Oh, I love it. Name it, claim it. Love it. I feel like that's a big like milestone there. Episode 30. That's really exciting. We got lots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we want to talk about a few offerings that we have coming up before we get into the topic for this episode. So one is we have our uh, writing course, and this is an extended version mm-hmm. of uh, writing to our ancestors it's called Sacred Writing, and it's 10 weeks. We've got a few different packages um, that include um, some things in there. You can read all about it <laughs> at <laughs> lasdoctoras.net slash um, sacred writing. Sacred writing. It starts April 25th. So I believe at the time that this episode is coming out, there's still plenty of time to sign up. Yeah, we're really excited about extending um, our course. Previously, we've done five weeks. And I think that we clearly received feedback that people would like it to go a little longer, um, just to kind of deepen the practice and build more community. We keep, you know, basically deepening when we hear that there's that need, you know, in the first course, it was just these writing on Sundays. And then this second one, we added the writing circles and, and um, whereas this, you know, the five week, we we aptly named writing to our ancestors. It was really bringing in that connection. And, and for this 10 week sacred writing course, it really is centering ourselves with our ancestors around us and then doing mm, um, even more of that healing, decolonial, you know, um, work within ourselves so that our true voices really have more and more space, you know, and within ourselves and within our, within this community and within the larger world too. So I'm really looking forward to, really looking forward to that time together with everyone. Still with Sundays, writing circles, and, and so much more, right? And there's other, other ways so to, much to invest. Yeah. 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 So that's um, wonderful. And, and then, yeah, I know. I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. I know you're so excited. <laughs> the other um, big announcement that we actually just posted today is that we are launching an online magazine. Magazine. I love it. Oh, I feel so, I feel so organic, right? The process of coming mm-hmm. into this space, really wanting to highlight and share it with everyone, you know, the work in our community, the, the creativity yeah. um, on all mm-hmm. these different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, uh, I'm like, what, what can we say? Well, um, we, I mean, I, I like at the time that this episode will be published, you can actually watch, um, uh, go to our YouTube our YouTube channel and watch a cheese session with uh, Salisa Loesa, who is our contributing editor, longtime 
friend, follower, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we'll t- and we have all the details about what this magazine is. But I think ultimately it's a space, yeah, to highlight the work of our community. You know, whether it be um, written work, creative, critical artwork that you know maybe doesn't um, get opportunities in other places, and we really want to be able to. Yeah, give the give opportunities and to kind of break down the the gatekeeping that happens, yeah. you know, in in um, being able to get our work out there. So, um, yeah, I think, and we're also kind of taking a really our own spin on a magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And all the different sections and all the different types of uh, work that we're going to be including. Love it, the language or, you know, the rhetoric that we're trying to bring in, really merging us as academics, us as creatives, us as intuitives, us as healers, and and knowing that people resonate and and also have have those aspects in themselves that they want to share. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. We've, we've done min- a mini yeah. launch already at this time to like within our community and then we're going to expand it out. Yeah. Super. Dude, so we haven't said the name. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the name of is Saint Lunita. Yeah. Um, there was a whole, there was a whole meeting that we had on coming up with this name. But I will say, of- as opposed to some other things, which I feel like we have to like, uh, are a little bit more, Mm, evasive the names this name I feel like came pretty organically you know um yeah yeah it felt it felt it feels really good I think it feels really good and it it makes sense for I told my mom (laughs) (laughs) my mom was really excited about it and she also was like when I told her the name she was like oh that's what did she say that's so universal that's what she said yes right I mean we want to invoke the sacred or the holy or what are some other words like the the spiritual aspects of what we want to reclaim things that have been taken from us and then we also want to merge it with our understanding of la luna Mm -hmm. and and that connection to koya shakwi and it just conveys a sense of purpose and home and Mm, I don't know and welcome or something like that how does that how yeah what does that bring up for you actually yeah I I yeah it's the coming together of for me it's that Gloria and Saldua right Mm -hmm. like merging of all our different aspects you know I think the saints invoking you know that for me the Catholic side of me but also wanting to like you know, I'm like, can we decolonize Catholicism? <laughs> um, but I think we can sort of we take can try. the gift. Yeah. We can take the gifts, you know. Um, yeah. That's the one lesson that Gloria Anselmo taught me was, you know, we can leave the things we don't like about it, but take the gifts. And so taking the, you know, that saintly gift. And like you said, the Luna being more of, you know, of a deeper ancestral wisdom, you know, that connection to, to the Luna. Um, but anyway, and, we to don't our bodies. Too and, much- and to our bodies, I wanted to say, and now to our bodies. And actually, I just wanted to thank yeah. Norman, you know, Newton, um, Fabian Flores publishing, because I think that really her work is really inspiring us in this, in this direction in particular. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yes, thank you I for community for all your support and to Salisa. And to our, some of our new patrons that we want to shout out. <laughs> yeah, we have um, Hawk and Magda, and um, we think a, a few more coming in soon. So very excited. Thank you so much for honoring us with your gifts so that we can give back. Um, and it's wonderful to see you in our um, webinars and ceremonies. And oh, I hope to see you in the future more. And for anyone who else wants to join our Patreon and get a shout out, <laughs> you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash las doctoras, yeah. of course. So let's get into um, drawing a card. Yes, for, love it. Um, to kind of ground and center this episode, this overall theme we're stepping into um, mm-hmm. in springtime. So we have really stepped into this week, these next few weeks, 
embracing the equinox, embracing this time of uh, blooming and fertility. Um, and so the card that I'm bringing in now is um, bloom, or um, it's one of great flowers. And um, there's all these deep colors um, because we see the daffodils coming up. We see all of these gorgeous blooms in our, in our world and around us. And also we trust that those same, that same growth, that same radiance and shining is, um, is coming forth within each of us too. And um, it's from that space that that we that we enter into this conversation even though we're going to be talking about <laughs> well, some real some real stuff I think you know the way, I think the way we converge it is that so Christine and I did another retreat with Sylvia um, if you listen to, um, I think one of the first episodes this season, we did a retreat in the summer, mm -hmm. um, with our dear friends, Curandera, you know, Sylvia. And so we did another retreat just a few weeks ago or like a week and a half ago, or maybe almost two weeks ago. And again, just experiencing like a new evolution of ourselves and connection to inner child. And, and I think that it's, you know, this theme of blooming, you know, and this theme of, you know, we just had our equinox writing ceremony is part of that is shedding, right? And mm -hmm. so kind of shedding old narratives, shedding these old versions of ourselves in order to bloom into this like new version of ourselves. And I think that that's what this conversation speaks to is like, what it. are the things that we are, you know, that we can be as Sylvia clearly said in our retreat, like you can be uh, righteous outrage, right? Like we can have mm -hmm. righteous outrage about something, but also not getting stuck in that anger, right? Mm -hmm. And like releasing it, saying it so that we can let it go and move into a different place. It's like an outbreath. It's expansion. It's yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this theme also came up a lot in the retreat. So shout out to all our, our retreat homies. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know who you are. <laughs> but I think, so the topic that we're going to be talking about today is, you know, we have this uh, sort of, um, I'm like, what is this? A phrase that is helping us to kind of expel that righteous outrage. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is fuck, fuck the, the dishes. dishes. <laughs> and basically we're talking about- New stickers, new stickers coming to you soon. Uh, <laughs> Basically, we're talking about like the invisible labor, the emotional labor, the expectations mm -hmm. of the divisions of labor on women, um, particularly when we are in relationships with cis men, right? Yeah. And um, and I think, I mean, this is something I imagine we both talk about in our in our classes when we, you know, at least when I talk about like the divisions of labor. Um, because people really like to think about labor only in terms of work that happens outside of the home and looking at things like the wage gap. Mm -hmm. But we also have to take a look at um, these other types of labor that often go unrecognized mm -hmm. because it's traditionally been, been quote unquote women's work. And I think that something that we have been trying to like name mm -hmm. is because we are in relationships with cis men that are not horrible <laughs> right they're not assholes they're not <laughs> what you might say are traditional like machista or you know mm -hmm. so we're not in abusive that, like obviously abusive relationships right we wouldn't be with I mean I would not like when people say oh you know ask me all these questions about you know being a feminist but being in a relationship with a man and I'm like I wouldn't be in a relationship with a man if I couldn't be myself, yeah. <laughs> if I couldn't, you know, have these thoughts and ideas. That being said, right, like mm -hmm. acknowledging we have decent men, <laughs> we have decent partners, there is still limitations to their mm -hmm. own ability to understand our experience. And I think that comes from, it's not, part of it is their expectations of a, of a dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think I, I name it as like an unconscious expectation, right? Mm -hmm. Because of we live in a, in a, where 
you know, the default in our society mm -hmm. is that women take on the emotional labor, you know, and, and often the domestic labor as well. And so even the best of men mm -hmm. <laughs> are still limited by their inability to see how we experience societal pressures, right? So an example, I can, you can tell I have just so much to say, <laughs> but I'll just what I want to say and then, um, but an example is when for me, um, and we'll get to the dishes, but I think another <laughs> example for me is when um, my kids might have some sort of issue, maybe behavioral issue, um, particularly if it's in public, particularly if it's at school and there's feedback about it, I immediately go into like, oh shit, what have I done? How have I failed as a mother? You know, all this guilt, this guilt. And so when I talk to Tommy about it and he's like, you know, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And I'm like, you don't feel guilty. You don't feel responsible. And he'll, his answer is just like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, to me, it literally is mind blowing yeah. how he can so detach himself from that because like, of course not, because of course not, because if there's going to be judgment on a parent for the behavior of a child, it's going to be the fucking mom, right? Like, yeah. right, because the mom is supposed to be in charge of raising the children of, you know, doing these things. So of course, I'm going to be the one feeling that guilt. So it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was um, really clear that he walks in the world. I said, how nice. <laughs> I finally at some point said, how, how nice must it be to just walk without being afraid to get raped without being afraid to you know that people are judging you for being a bad mom like mm. how nice must it be to walk in the world um to walk in the world like that and it just reminds me again that like for the best of men they're they're still limited by the default in our society which is still this hierarchical right. you know and these 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 archaic uh, expectations on women but anyway you know I, I it has me thinking about the white male gaze you know it has me thinking about we are right it came out after the covid was happening isn't it how do you all how do you all women of color feel you know um no longer having to worry about that white male gaze when you're walking down the street you know because you're in your home you know mm. like mm. and we live our lives you know whether it's um it's, you know, and it's not just men of white privilege, you know, or who have this gaze, it's, it's this unconscious, you know, everyone kind of kind of carry this. And so we are constantly judged, right? And pre we preemptively judge ourselves to protect us, mm. you know, mm. so much, so much energy. And so, yes, you know, I mean, We've talked about this too. We, you know, in our, in some senses, we are like the no fucks, you know, women, you know, out there. <laughs> and yeah, you know, this morning in my dream state, I was thinking about just how I was perceived, how I'm being read, you know, like whether I made a mistake, you know, I've been trained my whole life and I'm lurking, I'm really working. So are you right to give no fucks or mm -hmm. to, just love on ourselves, not abandon our true self, you know, be present. But it is scary as shit because our whole lives we've been conditioned to conform and form ourselves, whether it's our body or our personality, to smile, to bring light and love and, you know, to be mm -hmm. the, um, yeah, you know, to be the holder of all things like beautiful and radiant right or something like that it's like so that's why you know with this and and it's two and it's 2021 and we are right 2021 and we are you know in our late 30s early 40s and we are phds and we're feminists mm. and we're you know d mm -hmm. you know like it's just so real. And, and yes, how nice it is. How nice it is, right? And to live with someone who has that much privilege that they're the ones, they're the bearers of the gaze, right? No one's, that's the thing. The white male gaze doesn't tend to gaze so heavily 
on white on white dish, you know, white whiteness and on maleness. They they do that on, you know, misogyny, yeah. you know, things. How nice it is. And to live in proximity to them um, is both right, there's power in that in a white male world, right? But there is also just this constant reminder of what you didn't you didn't think about that or you didn't worry about that or you're not thinking ahead mm -hmm. to how this might go wrong you know you're not right like simple things like when you walking down the street you know if you're with me I'm fine walking past these you know people coming by me who have white male privilege but if you're not here I'm gonna just yeah. cross the street but you never think about that huh you just you uh. just you just do it you know um or going to the grocery store by yourself with two kids and you know, any, anything can be a threat, right? Like, I mean, it takes, I, I remember saying like, it takes so much emotional work to when I was like, Oh, I got to go to the market with the kids when it's them kids, right. Getting yeah. there, but it's also so hyper vigilant. Yeah. Right. Of our surroundings and of, you know, me as a woman already living with that threat. Now I have kids. So it adds to that, like potential, you know, the potential oh, I have literally yes. in my head walked through. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> if I get like carjacked, mm -hmm. <laughs> like what am I going to do? Right. Like, mm -hmm. though, th I think that's what you're kind of saying. Like mm -hmm. thinking, like you said, we preemptively judge ourselves. We're preemptively looking out for those threats and mm -hmm. creating plans around it because they are real in and for us they feel very real and like you said men don't necessarily have to think about those things right because they will be like when my husband goes when Tommy goes to the market with kids no one's going to necessarily take advantage right or no one's gonna like there's there's not as much of a threat right he's seen as a protector yeah and people trust uh, his authority so they're not gonna like mess with that you know and it's the same thing now yeah that's why we get all this lame ass advice you know in like different parts of our our like in raising kids like people feel like our oh, being pregnant they can just you know we don't have that much authority so they can this is and i think you know the word to mm. me actually is coming to mind is that sovereignty you know which i love mm -hmm. that that's not um that's not given to us yeah and so yes and ownership right a longer conversation around yeah. how um ownership was part of these conversations not not so long yeah. ago you know and i just want to name also that for our all our righteous outrage, <laughs> we know that we also still live in, within particular privileges, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a reminder. It's it's me. It's the empath in me, right? So for me, it's like if I'm dealing with all of this shit, imagine those with much more layers of of oppression, right? Those yeah. who live at in deeper intersections of these oppressions, what their experience is like. So, and then it's like, fuck, right? It can get, it can be worse, yeah. right? It can, it can be worse than this. And, and so it's, you know, so it's, it is this kind of constant reminder of like dealing with your own struggles and recognizing <sighs> that there's people who deal with worse struggles and knowing that it's all part of the same fucking machine you know um that we need to like grapple with and and I talk about this in in my classes too like using like eco economy terminology but like the macro and the micro so the macro is like these systems right and the ways in which we have to all live in this society and you know there's these these systemic oppressions right we've been taught we talk about that a lot mm -hmm. but then there's the micro in the home mm -hmm. with your partner mm -hmm. right and how they perpetuate those things in these interpersonal relationships which i think brings us to the dishes <laughs> wait can i, I love yeah 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 go ahead i i think dishes are totally part of it because it's like this but i want to bring up this thing and i and i it's not fleshed out so yeah. bear with me renee you know, yeah. we are um, in, in in these relationships we're talking about, we're all of mixed heritage. You know, we've got both the colonizer and the colonized in us, which mm. we were talking about, I think in, in, in circle. Um, so products of unequal relationships. I love your post recently about that, right? Like we need to shout out older men with young women. That's not, no, that's, that's called rape, okay. <laughs> right? That's called, you know, yes. so then that's my thing. We're all 
products were all offsprings of rape. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just think that it's just so awful. I don't know, like, but, and I feel that. It's heavy. I, yeah. I feel that, but that, the thing is, and maybe as a survivor, like maybe I feel that more, but I know you feel that in- intensely. And, you know, the, the cishet men, they're also, you know, but why is it that mm-hmm. they are a little like, how it's so disconnected from that you know Mm. what's what's that privilege is it the privilege of just Mm. not having to to look at that you know um I don't know it just has me thinking about I mean I think it's complex but I think yeah yes uh or what is it they say cognitive dissonance right like yes where they kind of know, but they don't really have to know, right? They don't have to know on a daily basis. It's too much work for them to like really, I mean, it's a conversation that I've had with my cousins who are, some of who are much browner, darker, right? And so they're, they'll gripe with, well, I, you know, am threatened by things like police violence and, and things like this. And I, and, um, or I have a cousin who, um, you know, has a disability. And so he'll, he'll talk about things like that. And, and I, and I hear that and I recognize that. And then somehow all of that, that makes sense to them, but misogyny and patriarchy mm-hmm. don't make sense to them, mm-hmm. you know? So in the same breath that they're saying, I am discriminated against for being Brown. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you have to complain mm-hmm. about? Because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man! Right? Yeah. And 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 so I'm saying I acknowledge my white privilege, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I am, a, mm-hmm. you know, I walk in the world as a white woman, right? And I'm a woman, and I feel threat. You know, I so I said, you know, I feel I feel the threat of of rape and and um, sexual violence. And do you feel that? And they'll be like, no, but I, so they're, they're saying is like, it's the same thing. And I'm like, what I couldn't say to them at the time was the difference is I acknowledge Mm -hmm. your um, oppression and I Mm -hmm. work every single day Mm -hmm. to dismantle the systems that create that oppression. You do not acknowledge Mm -hmm. my oppression and you actually perpetuate it mm-hmm. by being um, misogynistic towards women, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that's the difference is that, it, I mean, it's a conversation that came up last summer, right? There's a difference between not being racist and being anti-racist. Yeah. It's not enough to just say, oh, I'm not racist because it's like, are you consciously mm-hmm. fighting against racism? Because it is the default misogyny, racism, are the default. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to say, I, you know, I don't agree with this. We have to go the extra step and to actually fight it. And, and I think cis men, because they not only don't have to be aware of patriarchy, then what they don't have, um, <clears throat> what is it? Uh, what, a dog in the fight. That's a weird analogy, mm-hmm. but like, they don't mm-hmm. have to, right. Mm-hmm. This, it's the same critique when, when there's the critique of white women saying that um, they actually have the they actually benefit from white supremacy. And so whatever patriarchal oppression they feel, right? At the end of the day, they're still white. And so they get the benefit of whiteness. So they're gonna mm-hmm. uphold whiteness mm-hmm. even while they're, they're battling patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uphold white supremacy. And you know, it's that this is where mm-hmm. intersectionality comes in and says like, yes. no, it's all part of the same fucking machine. And we gotta, you know, we gotta eradicate it all. Because these are the macro and microaggressions, right? Which is what we're now talking yeah. about. Because yes, um, you can be um, willingly ignorant, you know, about rape culture and but you can also be willingly ignorant around home work that isn't that homework (laughs) work or labor at home you know um which include the dishes right but also includes creating a home you know for a kid making sure emotional labor making sure they're not um you know i mean 
my biggest fears in life, and I think you and I've talked about this a lot because we're raising boys, is that they will perpetuate toxic masculinity out in the world, that they will feel emotionally shut down like many of our mm-hmm. um, men do because they learn at a very young age, right? Boys learn what's the biggest thing that boys are taught. Don't cry. Boys don't cry. Act, be a man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they're and, and, and there's, there's a multitude of ways in which they receive that message. And so it shuts down their emotion. The only emotion they're allowed to have is anger, mm-hmm. right? And then we say, oh, well, boys will be boys. So on one hand, we're saying don't cry because yes. boys don't cry. But on the other hand, we're saying it's okay to be angry and lash out violently because boys will be boys. What the fuck kind of message? I know. And then when we're telling young <laughs> girls, you know, um, to be... Um, to, to listen ahead, to, to think, you know, to meet people's needs. We're creating abusive relationships, right? <laughs> they, we're creating, they I mean, for. we are literally laying the foundation yeah. for all of that, yeah. right? And um, yeah, so getting to the dishes, right? Because <laughs> so basically, are- kids, Jaguar, Santos, Cruz, if you hear this in the future, we're doing this for you. This conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, when we talk about the dishes and we say fuck the dishes, it's a symbol, right? And because it's a symbol, you know, the symbol is the macro, but the micro is that, and I'm going to speak for myself that growing up, I, my chore was washing the dishes. Okay. And even though we had a dishwasher, my mom did not let us use the dishwasher. <laughs> so inevitably the kitchen was not but if if my mom said um clean the kitchen it wasn't just washing the dishes it was washing the dishes putting them away Mm -hmm. sweeping mopping cleaning the counters it was the whole fucking thing Mm -hmm. and i came to resent it Mm -hmm. um i came to resent it because i don't know i don't know um for a lot of different reasons but i came to resent it so much that when i moved out i was like I don't want to fucking do that anymore. I'm free. Mm-hmm. I'm free from this, you know, this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I have this, I've been on a long journey. I was like, does your new <laughs> place I, have a dishwasher? My new place has a dishwasher. Yes. Um, yes. But I think it was, I think I would have appreciated. And this is something I try to bring in with my kids when I ask them to do chores is um, from my mom, you know, and I don't blame her for this, but I think because it was an expectation of her, she was the oldest of six, right? A woman. And so it was placed on her, like, this is what you're, you're supposed to do. This is your role. And if you don't do it, you are lazy. Mm. You are not a good, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and we're going to get to the value that's placed on our ability to do that like, work. But cleans- cleanliness, that order that control which also comes from colonization right because mexicans were seen as dirty and so i think there Mm -hmm. was this like hyper vigilance to be clean so that we're not perceived Mm -hmm. as like dirty mexicans i really think that that's there Mm -hmm. Uh, or just brownness associated with yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and so anyway so i think what I now, you know, I said, what would my inner child need that needed <laughs> have a different relationship with cleaning the kitchen? Because I think cleaning the kitchen is an important thing. Mm-hmm. I would have appreciated a, we do this for the, you know, it's a contribution for the family. It's a, you know, me, meaning that we're doing it from a place of love, mm-hmm. not from a place of expectation, not from a place of, if you don't do this, you don't deserve to be in this family. Oh, right. That's, that was the, that message was, that, that was the message. That is exactly the message that is. <laughs> so that now as an adult, when my dishes are dirty and if you come to my house, they're fucking dirty all the time. And Tommy gets upset with me because the dishes are dirty. All I hear is mm-hmm. you are not worthy. You are not valuable. You are not appreciated. And I have had to time and time again mm-hmm. say, can you let the dishes go? Because mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. A, B, and C. And A, B, and C are things that don't have a tangible 
product, right? So default, default parenting, right? We're talking about that too. Like I like, I love all the language around this. Yes. It's emotional labor. It's yes. invisible labor. It's, it's doing, handling the kid's school and handling your work and handling, you know, your mom and everyone's family and like events, you and know, schedules, yes. Schedules, mm-hmm. right? Like schedules. Communicating is like a- all the communication that goes into each of all these things. The- <laughs> it is it's like and having it, meetings you have to go to meetings all the fucking time I do too you know it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean this and it's the it's the mental work right because we have to like keep track of all the things that are happening right yeah. it's like all the times all the you know things and I think which is why you and I are always so such um about our calendar <laughs> right because we need to stay organized or yeah. we're gonna fucking lose it because we have to keep track of so much. It's so much. And, that and we have to and- put them into days or like on a daily, if we try to carry in this moment, if we try to carry everything we are carrying in this moment, which every now and then we feel, and it's, it's overwhelming, right? Like it's, 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 it's much more, <laughs> it's much more than any one person should have to handle. And it's this, you know, it's patriarchy that we're talking about. And we're also talking about a society, um, a world that wants to construct these nuclear families in this isolation so that we're dependent upon this person. You know, it's it's a whole system. We're talking about a system. So, and it's within that too, but yes. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I love how you've named that for me a lot when you say, you know, we were not meant to live in isolation. We were not, we were le- meant to live more in like community in villages, right? Where we can rely on each other for childcare, yeah. you know, where we can rely on each other to help each other clean our homes, you know? Yeah. So the isolation you know? and we I- experience in nuclear families is intentional, right? It's a part of an abusive technique, like by a system by colonization yes yeah colonization white supremacy all of those things we always name is right and and I think particularly for you know uh families of color you know that don't have this history of you know whatever um is is you break up you you yeah it's intentional to break up families right so that there is not that community there is there is power in community right Um, and I think, yeah, the, that the, that those, um, you know, those those connections are are intentionally kind of trying to, you know, broken apart. And that's the that's the macro, right? That's the like systemic, and then how it permeates mm-hmm. in our everyday lives, you know. And I mean, I remember at some point, and this was early on, I think, telling Tommy, like, did you? Because in his family you know, his, and in my family too, right? The mom, the moms, the grandmothers, they're the ones cooking, they're the (sighs) ones cleaning, you know? Oh God, Thanksgiving was such hard for me for a really long time because Tommy and all the men in his family go golfing every Thanksgiving and Uh which was fine before we had kids. And then we had kids and I'm like, wait, so I have to watch the kids and cook dinner while you go off and golf and get drunk. <laughs> How the fuck does that work? Right? Like, because in my family, I rejected the kitchen and the cooking role for, and sometimes I still do like at family parties when all the women were in the kitchen, you know, cleaning after, you know, everybody ate, I was like, peace out. I'm going to go out with, cause all my cousins are boy are men. I was like, I'm going to go have beers. I know. But then I thought that after a while, I was like, I was just, I, it was like first wave feminism. I'm just going to ditch you all in the kitchen and I'm going to yes, go hang out totally with the first men, wave feminism. you know, like, yeah, yes. I felt I've been there. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm like, how do I do this? You know, when I, cause I love how much you bring in your family and I'm trying to figure it out. You know, my, my mother's kitchen, I feel like is, is hers. Um, she has mm. a very strong way of uh, making sure it's got order. And I am like, we do not speak that same language. So the kitchen was kind of a little bit of an, I, I, um, not a place for me with her. And when I with my abuela or my great aunts and we were making tortillas and, you know, I, I have a space there. So um, in my mom's house, I make the drinks. 
or something like that. And, and um, I know if I help with the kitchen, I'm just going to be criticized about it, you know, that the things were not clean enough, you know, and so it leaves me kind of feeling, so there's that. My way of dealing with stress or being overwhelmed is to hustle. It's to like turn up some Beyonce and like just being like jam, jam, jam it out, jam it out. We're going to do it. And that includes like washing the dishes. Mm. That includes cleaning the house. Like I'm, and I, I can, I feel like my, my abuela Priscilla, I think this is how she handled it too. I think this is why I'm <laughs> like, I would just like, we're going to go to it, you know? Um, and then I can rest or then I can play or then I can be creative or then I can. So I, I am that inner voice. No one's telling like, I can't get settled. And maybe there is some, you know, stuff happening for me on the psychological level and on the physical level about that. Do you feel like you have to earn your rest? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I said, because I know, I know how I know. I, I feel like that is a little harder for me to articulate, but I know, I know that um, it's like after I don't run anymore, but remember after running, <laughs> you were like, yeah. Oh, I feel so good. You know, I can like, I, you know, yeah. I deserve, yeah. deserve things. And I guess that, but also we work hella hard Renee. And you know, when it comes to like a day off, I feel like I have to deserve that, you know, like, and, but the thing is, we this is, do deserve it. We, we so do deserve hard. it. <laughs> we deserve it just for merely fucking breathing, honestly. Like, it, yes. Rest in a talk is a birthright, right? Like, I've really yes. been trying to step into this. Like, what are our birthrights? And I think rest and relaxation and days off are our birthright. But we have been given the message that we need, we need to deserve it. We need to earn it. We need, um, and, and I think this comes back to the dishes as symbolic, right, of expectation. So I've always told Tommy, if I'm going to cook or clean for you or for the family, it's it's coming from a place of love out of the kindness of my heart, mm-hmm. not because you expect it. The minute that it becomes an expectation, yeah, I can't, like, I shut down. I'm like, fuck you, fuck the dishes. Because mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, why can't all this other work that I do count more Mm-hmm. that I don't need to do the dishes. Yeah. That's how I see it. I have told him time and time again, I get it. I understand that you you come home from a long day of work and you're tired and you don't want to see the dishes. I don't want to fucking see the dishes either. So what the fuck are we going to do? Right? Like I will say, I, I do have this like, and no, I don't, it doesn't have to be perfect for me, which is kind of nice. I love this about myself. As long as the dishes are in the sink, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, if they go, if they come out of it, I'm like, that's messy. (laughs) But yeah, we, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's that it's the value. Like I want all the other things that I do in this world to matter more so that if the dishes are dirty, you let it slide. Right. Like, and for him, it's such a, because he also grew and I love my husband. Okay. <laughs> um, I love Tommy, but you know, he, he grew up in a house where he, he didn't have that role. Like that wasn't his. Mm. So for me, it, there, it's a trigger. The dishes are a big trigger for me because it harkens back to my mom having mm-hmm. this, like, and straight up telling me, like my mom would straight up say, don't be lazy and go wash the dishes. Don't be lazy and clean mm. your room. Right. Like those were my only options. I was either lazy mm. <laughs> or you know, I was clean rather than again, like what, you know, I, like why aren't all these other things counting enough to not be lazy? It wasn't until I was in grad school and somebody said, I don't think somebody in grad school can be lazy. And I was like, you're fucking right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I do all of this work. I am like yeah. reading a thousand books a week and I'm like doing yeah. all this, but I have I have a messy kitchen. So somehow my value is deduced to my ability to clean it, to keep a clean kitchen because I'm a woman. Like that's the thing for me is that there's this mark of value placed on being able to keep a clean home because it's again, those things are basic things that we all need to do. But for me, I've internalized it as such this expectation that it erases all other value in the things that I've done that I'm like, I'm tired. Like, why, why does it have to be that my value as a woman is 
only marked by these things and not by the fact that like you said, we have PhDs, we, you know, have this podcast, like we're doing a lot of stuff in the world. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it feels like, right. And you're right to say like, sometimes it's just our own internalized voice telling us yeah. you're not good enough because your dishes are dirty. You don't deserve to do these other things because you haven't done this yet. Right? So this brings up something that we've talked about too and me, which is if I don't do them, who's going to do it? You know, mm. I feel like that's <laughs> the other reason I do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it is a, no one is going to do like, mm-hmm. if I'm not the default parent, there's no other default. No one's going to do it. Right. If I'm not yep. the emotional labor, if I'm not protecting my kid, you know, from rape culture, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. no one else is going to. Mm-hmm. Is that true? <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> I love, I love your vulnerability. And I was going to say, is that a false narrative? Is that a story that patriarchy and white supremacy has convinced us that if we don't do it, like in codependency terms, I would call it an enabler, right? Because I, yeah, yeah. But really, but who is going to do it? <laughs> I, I, I hear you. And I, I agree. I think, I think it's balance. I think it's about finding that balance because I see this come up a lot when, um, so I remember a few, several years ago now, gosh, it was 2017 or 2008, 2017. I went to uh, Mexico for a family reunion and it was just me and my mom because that's all we could afford <laughs> was plane tickets for me and my mom to go. Awesome. And so we're there. And of course the question came up is like, oh, where's your kids? And I'm like, at home. And they're like, who did you leave your kids with? Now they know I'm married. Okay. And I'm like, I left them with my husband. Oh, you're so lucky that you can leave your kids that with your husband. Renee, we are lucky. And that is really what? messed up. Isn't that? Like, we are, we are lucky. And that's messed up. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, they have a father who's capable, who, you know what I mean? And I think it's a lot because I, and I heard his grandmother one time say, um, this was, uh, Cruz was young and we were at her house and I was eating and everybody who knows me knows, don't fuck with me when I'm eating. Cause I like to eat. And I, if I'm hungry and I was breastfeeding at the time. So I was hungry like 24 seven. So I was eating and Cruz had like a poopy diaper. And so I told Tommy, well, okay, you know, change his diaper. And his grandmother was like in Spanish, in my day, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. men mm-hmm. didn't change diapers. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I just kept eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he'll figure it out. And I think there is that part of we, if we don't do it, who will? And there's a little uh, bit of us that needs to surrender to letting yeah. them figure it out. Yeah. Because I left, I think mm-hmm. Cruz was 18 months and I left for like four days. I went on a retreat And I was the same thing, like, oh, my God, you know, he's so dependent on me, blah, blah, blah. When I came back, their relationship was much closer because they both had to fucking figure it out. I love it. (laughs) I was reading this book and I'm trying to remember what what, what it was. And it was talking about how um, uh, it was a woman and her son. And she realized that she had been giving him excuses. He had a physics test. So she washed the dishes. But the girls, you know, her girls didn't get those excuses and she got called out and so mm-hmm. she confronted her son and he's like I can't do it I've got all these things she's like I'm sorry he said I'm sorry and she's like no I'm sorry I've let you think that you know your outside stuff is more important than your family but your family comes first so here do these you know and then go <laughs> because she she had read read something where someone had a, a, a woman went back to wife and a mother went back to work and so she had left her husband no she had left Alexa a whole bunch of a schedule so that when her husband took care of their kid, it would tell him every 20 minutes what he had to do. And okay, so <laughs> I can't even with that because that's still labor. Yes. Oh, can you imagine staying up at night and all the labor, you know, events? Yes. 
I, I've come to the conclusion, like when I would leave Tommy with the kids, I was like, look, if they're breathing and they're fed when I get home, I'm good. If they're, if, you know, you know, and it's hard, like you're right, because we have this different kind of investment in our parenting, right? We're coming from like nonviolent parenting. Like we really are invested in that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, we get nervous around, oh, what if they can't do that? And I've come to the, be like, it's, we have to let go some things, yeah. right? It is, it is a little bit of enabling. It is a little bit of codependence, but at the same time, it's not our fault <laughs> because, yeah. because we live in a world that sends us these messages, right? That, yes. Because too, if, if our kids go into the world in a particular way, they're not going to be like, oh, what did the father do? They're going to be like, oh, what did the mother do? I love that. Right? I'm codependent, but it's not my fault. It is <laughs> the world. Yes. No, I think it's my, very true. My, I do. It's true. My my therapist one time said that I was codependent and I and I was like, I was so pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm codependent because we live in a society that makes us codependent on men. Yeah, yeah. No, my someone recently said, Oh, you know, that I was being codependent on my family. I was like, I have a child. Like we need, I need, I I I'm I <laughs> And the world does not want to pay me to take care of my child. I need other people. Right. So what is, you know, and it's, right. can, we, can we have interdependence in this, you know, white male crass supremacist world? Can we even have it? You know, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But I, yeah. And with the, go for it, go for it. Yeah. And the COVID. No, no, no. I just, I just, I just, COVID, right? Like I just have to name the, that power dynamics are always going to exist and they are complex and they are, you know, there's intersectional, you know, power dynamics and on all of these things. But I think for me at the end of the day, it's, I think it's like, you know, getting back to, for me, I've had to come a long way with my journey with the kitchen and with the dishes and, and really releasing my own expectations or these societal expectations and say, I'm doing, I'm doing this domestic work from a place of love. I'm doing it mm -hmm. because um, I love myself. I'm, um, you know, all of these things. And, and my feminism has evolved because like, I, like you said, right for before it was like rejection. I'm just going to reject all this shit. And that's like personally feminism. And now I'm like, okay, I'll do the dishes or I uh, know I won't, I don't do the dishes. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do, you know, some domestic work or I'll do this emotional labor, but I want it to be a equal value mm -hmm. to the work that is done outside the home yeah. just because the work outside the home has a monetary value on it does not mean that work done inside the home is not of equal value to this family yeah so for me the way i i demand that value is saying i need you to be appreciative and i need you to say it out loud i appreciate that you do this i appreciate yes. that you, that is the least well, you know, I deserve. you know that I really resonate with this. Um, I, I want to <laughs> say, shut up. My partner is great at doing the dishes. I just want to give, <laughs> I want to say that. But I just had this conversation where I was like, I did the emotional labor. Uh, I called in a meeting. And then I was like, before we do this, have a, a meeting, a conversation. I was like, I need you to say thank you for Da 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 da. Setting, making this available, getting Jaguar set up somewhere else, being here, present, like initiating this, taking all the energy, and he's like, "Oh, da, 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 thank you." And I'm like, "No, thank you for what? Tell me exactly what you're thankful <laughs> for." Because if you can't say thank you and for what, I don't even want to have the conversation. You know, like I need to know. Like basically, it's asking for not payment, but energy exchange, right? Even a gratitude is a reason to be there, you know? Um, yes. <sighs> that, that it's seen because off, more often than not, the work that we do is invisible and it's invisible because, you know, yeah, I hate to say it, but like, especially in, in Mexican men, right? The, the domestic labor has, you know, it's always been the default that women do the domestic labor and the expectation is that they do it. So, they and and it's the I always say it's the pobrecito mijo like you know he's working so hard he, he shouldn't have to vacuum right he shouldn't have to do he's working so hard because 
they, you know, the, the, of the work done outside the home. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking work outside the home too. Right. Like, well, um, and now it's more complicated, right. With COVID on us working inside the home. Like I'm actually working, working outside. I'm working at some, some, like an office today and man, yeah. it's great. I got to leave. <laughs> I tell Tommy, I'm like, you get to go to your office with your big ass window and you have like three monitors and like a big ass desk and you get to be there. I got to be in home like all like 24 seven. It's, it's, you know, like not that it's rough, but it's different and it's, you know, um, and anyway, so I think it's, 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 it's the demanding the, the appreciation because it's so often made to be invisible and made to be like, that's just what women do right? Like, um, or they don't even know what we do because it, they come home and it's just already done. I, I remember one time I was naming that I did for Tommy. I said, I've done this, 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 and this. And then he's like, are you saying that you're the magic of this house? Yes. Yes, I am. I am the magical fairy. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to know. You said this before. What is the tone of him saying this? Is it sarcastic? Is it? It's very sarcastic. Oh, okay. It's, it's like it's like it's a know, spinoff it's, of Waldorf stuff. It's like, are you saying you're the magic? You're like the fairy of this yeah, house. Yeah, because I said something like, um, you know, because if things are a mess, I said, but why do they have a place to be put away? Yeah, you know what I mean. How do they have a place to put them away? I'm the one who organizes stuff so that there's a place to put things away, yeah. right? So that we can clean the house. I'm the one who makes this home feel like a home, yeah. you know, feel that warmth, that welcome, you know, I'm, I'm the one who does all these things. And, and I had to name the, the invisible labor. And I think also as, as um, the, you know, something, cause I have to do, we get financial aid for, for the kids school and it's a lot of fucking paperwork to do yeah. um, the financial aid and we have to write a letter and it's all this stuff. And I always am in charge of that. And I remember, I think you, one time you validated for me, you're like, oh, that's, that's the, the gift of being, um, you know, a PhD is that we can write a letter like that and feel confident in our ability to write a letter. And I'm like, yes. And, um, Tommy's not seeing how long it takes me to do that, right? No. He doesn't see that it takes time away from my work to be able to <clears throat> do these things for the family, right? And so it's just magically we have this financial, for him, it is magic because, oh, we have this financial aid. He has not had to lift a finger for it. And all I'm saying is I want you to see it. I want you to name it. And I want you to out loud, like you said, say yeah. thank you for doing this. And, and I'm not... I'm doing it, you know, because I love you and I'm fine with doing it, but I, I demand labor. I mean, I demand, um, appreciation yeah. for it. Um, so that you can name it. So when there's all the, there's other things that might be an issue, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, but she's doing this. So let me do the dishes for her <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because she's done all this other emotional labor, right? I, yes, gratitude. <laughs> I, um, I feel like in, in the time that we have left, I want to, you know, what's coming to mind is our, our recent retreat. And I'm thinking about ways in which I don't, I don't value, you know, like I, I do that thing, right? My mm. wounded self, my, cause I'm like, I'm like right now when you said, oh, you, you know, wrote that email that was work. And I was like, yeah you should have been paid for that. Can we pay ourselves? <laughs> like, can it, like, I, like, honestly, wouldn't that be like a part of like our mothering or our parenting self to that, you know, wounded and true part of ourselves that did all that labor? Like, Miha, you know what you get, you know, let, let me give you something for mm -hmm. that. Let me, mm -hmm. let's go buy mm -hmm. that dress <laughs> that you've been wanting. Let's, I, or let's go get, you know, let's go get that latte that you want, whatever, you know, like, I want to take care let's, of you. Let's I sit wanna... and watch an hour of, of reality TV because you deserve it. I, 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 you're right, man. Fuck. It's like such a reminder, right? It's like we, we also, like Sylvia says, we give our inner child to them. Like you have to be appreciative, but we yes. also, ugh, such a harsh reminder sometimes. But we can we be righteously angry still that it's not both, that. Both, yeah. And then yeah. be like, okay, you know, I got you. Um, yes. 
Yes, I got you. And I told Tommy, yeah. side note. <laughs> so I'm applying for this tenure track job. Oh, yes. Can you believe it? I never I never yes. thought I was going to apply. I'm going to get to the thing. Position. I haven't gotten to it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm applying for a tenure track position at Long Beach City College. It's like, it's like the stars are aligning for this job. Yes. And, um, and I told Tommy, if I get this job, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to buy myself some really expensive shoes that I've been wanting, like <laughs> red bottom Christian Louboutins, because I promised myself them when I graduated with my PhD and I didn't because there was just so much going on at that time and I didn't yeah. have money. And so I told Tommy, I go, if I get this job, I'm going to buy myself something really nice. Yeah. Like I, and, and yes, like that idea of, of we how can we appreciate ourselves (sighs) I know I I won this award recently and I found myself thank you I know um first uh, a faculty what did you win tell us tell us oh it's called like the Catherine something faculty lecturer award at Dominguez Hills it's really it's I I think it's quite an honor thank you and I was like trying to give myself that space to say good work and so I did um that isolation tank the the floating tank you know which I was kind of like I'm not sure but it felt great it just felt great to self-acknowledge that and do do something I think it's not just saying like good work you know me how like to myself it's now let me give you like let's Let's extend some energy Award. towards that. Let's some award. Yeah. Some. Yeah. So yeah, let's mark it. Let's celebrate it. Let's have some kind of tangible um, something that you, yeah. yeah, that you, I don't know. It, it, there is something that to feel like, oh, it's a celebration. Basically, it's just yeah. a, like, let's take a moment to celebrate, you know? I mean, so I'm tempted now to write down all my emotional labor hours. Um, <laughs> log, log your emotional labor I think hours. we should definitely get paid like a hundred bucks an hour for that, Renee. And then, um, and then put it towards something, you know? I have said that stay at home mothers, I mean, really parents in general, but particularly stay at home mothers because there's often this perception of like, oh, they're not working. They're staying at home. Like, I don't want to, I don't stay home. I'm not a stay at home mom for a reason, right? (laughs) I send my kids to school for a reason. (laughs) And stay at home mothers deserve some kind of straight state stipend. Yeah. They, we all collectively pain. Um, Again, mothers in general, I really think mothers in general need to get some sort of co- like we all need to be contributing to the well-being of mothers and beyond just like these other things but straight up making sure yeah. that they are living sustainable abundant lives because they're raising they the we future. Are raising the future of our world i always tell my students this way somebody out there is raising a president mm-hmm. of the united states mm-hmm. Some kid out there will be a future president at some point. And don't we want that family, that mother, that parent to be able to give them a good life so that when they become president, they're not assholes. Mm -hmm. They're not toxic, masculine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. abusers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, name it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Don't we want our president to be raised by someone who used nonviolent parenting? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't we want our, our president to be emotionally <laughs> stable? I love it. This is this is now turning into like to- some creative spoken word. This should be in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just think like that's how I see it. Yeah. You know, is like is like we want anyway. But I I think parents need to be getting. I think they're. I think we're kind of something's happening yeah. around that, right? That, that kids are getting this this with the stimulus right uh, stimulus, yeah with this right so which is interesting kind of moving in that direction i think it is a change caretaking not valued in a you know a dominating world and and we're 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 gonna we're going to value it more than you know domination ways of being and we are going to give ourselves that space i'm naming this to myself you know Yes. All of the work that we do for our family, for our kid, for our communities, it is the work. It is like, right, it is our life purpose, you know? So 
Mm-hmm. I think there's something in there that we can talk about in astrology around career versus work. I've heard someone talk about that recently in the sixth versus mm-hmm. like the other, some other house or something. We'll talk about it, yeah. but. Yeah, I just want to name that um, this is revolutionary work, right? Again, talking about the macro and the micro, when we talk about revolutionary social justice, activism work, and all of it's important. And this is equally as important to be able to be in these interpersonal dynamics with cis men and demand appreciation, demand value, demand worth, and also in ourselves and give ourselves that appreciation and give mm-hmm. ourselves that love. That's revolutionary work. And right. that's, you know, that's doing, that's changing the world, yeah. <laughs> right? Like in, in those, in those small ways. And I want to, to our listeners out there who are resonating with this, you are of value. Your work is seen. We see you. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. You deserve all the rewards, all the celebration, all the rest, mm-hmm. all the rest. Don't let anyone tell you that you don't deserve something because your dishes are dirty. <laughs> Fuck the dishes. <laughs> Leave the goddamn dirty dishes in the sink. Go sit and watch TV with mm-hmm. some chips. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, play. <laughs> Take a moment at that play, right? Whatever play, whatever rest is for you. Yeah. Fuck the dishes. Go play. You know? Um, you deserve it. <sighs> Thanks for listening. So good. <laughs> I feel great. That feels... Yeah, thank you to all of those who also inspired this, you know, who helped us recognize this in ourselves. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you the next time.